Welcome to another episode of Civic Cypher. I'm your host, Ramses Ja. He is Ramses Ja. I am Q Ward. You are tuned in to Civic Cypher. One more game. A lot to stick around for today because there's a lot going on in the world today. And let me be the first to tell you, we need to help each other out. Let's, let's put it like that. All right. So first up on the show, we are going to be talking about wokeness. Um, as you may know, being woke is somehow under attack or it's like a bad word as of late. And you know, always, I always say they always find a way. Isn't that crazy? But I always say like, you know, it's, it's wild because uh, would you rather be sleep? You know, like it just, it, you know, just the language in and of itself is is harmless. But, you know, we're going to we're going to peel back some layers there and uh, redefine that for everybody so that you don't no longer have to be afraid of being woke. Um, you understand a little bit of history there and you recognize the tactics that are being used, um, as always, to try to um, minimize or diminish efforts on the part of a progressive facet of this country trying to move us more toward what we consider to be a racial utopia. Um, we're also going to be talking about Bill 999 in Florida. So that means more Ron DeSantis, a.k.a. Uh, Donald Trump 2.0 um, again uh, a lot of nonsense a lot of fear mongering and a whole lot of misinformation and as we know people are susceptible to misinformation so we're going to be talking about that as well informing you best we can um, with respect to that and we're going to dedicate our way black history fact to the late King Khalif Browder because he's deserving of it and you definitely need to know about that but first and foremost let's discuss some ebony excellence q how do you feel about that shall we we shall so ebony excellence this week is brought to you by hip-hop weekly media and i'm reading from fenura i believe that's how it's pronounced um we're gonna celebrate the one and only gail king so without further ado Broadcast journalist Gail King, who was the co-host of CBS Mornings, recently accepted the 39th Walter Cronkite Award for Excellence in Journalism presented by Arizona State University's Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication. Full disclosure, Q and I are both in Arizona and we have a distant relationship with that school. So we we're very proud that they took the time to honor Gail King, a black woman. Um, well, and for Yetta Gibson, too, who indeed. was a part of that. Process. Yes, indeed, she was. Yeah, shout out Yetta. Um, but um, anytime we get a chance to celebrate someone, especially in the space that we're in, we realize how difficult it is to work in, in journalism and media. So um, we wanted to take a moment. I'll keep reading. Uh, there's a quote. We are very excited to honor Gail with the 39th Walter Cronkite Award and celebrate her tremendous career. Cronkite School Dean Batino L. Batts Jr. said at the event. It goes on to say she had has had a profound impact on the journalism industry and the communities across the nation that benefit from her excellence in reporting and storytelling. Uh, King is often recognized for her longtime friendship with media mogul Oprah Winfrey. The two women met when they were working at a local television station in Baltimore. Uh, King has worked as a reporter in Washington, D.C. and Kansas City, Missouri, before becoming a news anchor in Hartford, Connecticut, in addition to serving as co-host for CBS Mornings, King is also editor-at-large for Oprah Daily and hosts a live weekly radio show on Sirius XM, Gail King in the House. Uh, 
King's net worth, I don't know why that's here, is valued at $40 million according to celebrity net worth. So there you go. All right. Now, moving on. Um, what's wrong with being woke? Mm. Now, I saw a video. I think we both saw this video this week. It was uh, of a woman, you know, in some sort of some on some sort of show um the host was black a black woman and the woman was the guest was a white woman and uh the guest said something like well you know the the radical left because of their woke practices and blah 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 their work their woke agenda something like this she said and then the host says well, well what does woke mean to you define woke for me and then the guest, the white woman, she started to kind of fumble over her words. And she's like, oh, well, well uh, oh, God, this is going to be one of those moments that goes viral. And sure enough, it did, because, of course, we saw it. Um, but again, she proceeded to fumble, you know, through her idea of what wokeness is, um, which I think illustrates and she's not the only person to fall victim of that. Um, many people, when they're asked to define what wokeness is, are either forced to explain that wokeness is kind of a um, a person who is enlightened with respect to um, how folks are mistreated. This is a loose definition. We'll actually get to the real definition. Uh, and oftentimes that person wants to pursue a reality where um, people are treated more fairly. And so when people attack wokeness, people who attack wokeness are forced to identify it, then they're forced to kind of come face to face with the idea that they're on the wrong side of history, to be frank. And so um, not to pick on any one person, because we recognize that everyone is susceptible to. And that is, however, not um, it, not unique to woke or wokeness. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. words like socialism. Mm hmm. Words like critical race theory, mm -hmm. uh, words that the other side, if you will, uses in poor context to stoke the fear or hate or, you know, whatever their agenda is with their audience. Mm -hmm. And then their audience just adopts it. They don't do any research. They don't they don't even seek to understand beyond that. And when faced with having to identify what it is, they either have to admit out loud that they have no idea which happens way more than you would imagine. Like, mm. <laughs> or they do know and they have to, like you said, present the actual definition, not just to their audience, but to everyone that's listening and reveal themselves on the wrong side of whatever argument that they're having. It's it's such a crazy thing to see happen. These people flounder about and the best ones are the ones when they do come to terms with the reality of it and they have to try their best to try to make this beautiful sounding definition uh, have some sort of sinister element to it. And it's not possible because wokeness in truth is something that all people should aspire to. Now, granted, it is a slang term and I won't keep you waiting. So let's go ahead and uh, read the definition. Now, this is perfectly Googleable. In fact, I just copied and pasted. In its entirety, because I do want to present both sides. Googleable. Yes. I like that. Yes. But I, I implore you to do the same, just so you know that we're not coloring anything here. Excuse me. Um, 
This is a term used chiefly in the United States, and it is a slang term. Okay. Now, wokeness is defined as aware of and actively attentive to important societal facts and issues, especially issues of racial and social justice. So um, it's hard to suggest that being woke is sinister. In other words, to be the opposite of this is to be, frankly, a racist person. And that's why it's so difficult for these people to make it sound bad because they're like, well, yeah, of course, I want that, too. It's only difficult to make it sound bad when they're talking to someone who stands opposed to it. Exactly. And they're speaking in an echo chamber. No one's going to even question. Yeah, it. The definition even, doesn't matter. About the question. Woke isn't of itself a bad word yeah. in that space. Um, so I'll read um, some of the uh, examples of the language being used. Uh, but we will only succeed if we reject the growing pressure to retreat into cynicism and hopelessness. We have a moral obligation to stay woke, take a stand and be active, challenge injustices and racism in our communities and fighting hatred and discrimination wherever it rises. That's uh, from Barbara Lee. Um, here's another one. Um, uh, argued that Brad Pitt is not only woke, but the wokest man in Hollywood because he uses his status and his production company, Plan B, to create space for artists of color with such films as 12 Years a Slave, Selma, and the upcoming film Moonlight. This comes from uh, Giselle DeFaris. All right, and there's another one. Being woke to gender discrimination is difficult. It ruins things you love. Entire canons of art are rotten to the core with it. It's from Rachel Edelstein. And um, I think that's where we're going to stop with this one. Now, um, being woke is something that also is not new. It's something that has been around since at least the civil rights movement. The idea being exactly what it sounds like. Um there's a bunch of you know how you hear the word sheeple all the time mm -hmm. i'll make up this word right now but there's a bunch of sleeple everywhere right people who accept the status quo people who uh just say hey that's the way the world is or people that you know th these are the people that we get the most often you know change is slow you can't have everything overnight why are you protesting why are you you know demanding to be heard and insisting that we respect your rights in this moment, right? Those would be categorized in this thought experiment as the sleeple, right? Um, and it's the people who are woke that recognize that it's not only possible, it helps everybody. And there's an idea of how to get there expeditiously, you know, with, with some intentionality. Um, people who have done research, people who have the insight that most folks don't have, um, that would fall under the category of being woke. That coupled with some conviction in their hearts and a moral compass that points them in the positive direction would certainly qualify folks as being woke, right? This, this applies to black people, this applies to white people, this applies to anybody who checks these boxes, and it's not until, in my belief, um, we see folks like AOC and Ilhar Oman 
get elected to public office and get a lot of attention for really challenging the status quo and being um, champions of wokeness in those uh, more visible spaces that the term starts to get co-opted by the right and associated with people that they hate. The concept, the idea of it is, is hater proof. But if you can align it with someone that you don't like, then people can buy into it. And then you start to see the, the idea behind it shift. Yeah, they either veil it in poor context or they speak directly to people who feel how they feel, mm-hmm. right? So they, they kind of turn into a, a two-edged sword. I can veil it in poor context and I'm a good enough speaker. I'm a good enough salesperson that I can convince people that, it ba- that it's bad, the word bad in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And then every argument that I make where I use it, I deliver it in that way intentionally. And I get the response that I want from people who wouldn't even take the time to use Google mm. and, or I'm speaking to people who feel exactly how I feel, feel right? and they celebrate me for it. So yeah. they, they've done a very brilliant job of co-opting it. And, and we've talked about this on recent episodes, someone who we once believed an ally assist in that co-opting, uh, you know, a gentleman with a very popular TV show on HBO, I won't say his name because I don't want to use my f- platform to uplift his, but, uh, my co-host and brother knows who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, I know who you're talking about. And the fact that you don't want to say his name makes me not want to say his no, name. No, I'm not going to say his name. Okay. Uh, just, just using him as an example of another person who I don't believe is ignorant to what woke actually means. But he has started to show some true colors. Um in light of, I think, himself, like many supporters of the right, not defending the right, not defending the right wing politician, not defending, you know, our former president, but defending themselves. Mm. Right. They start to look around and realize, oh, my God, the things that are being attacked are kind of some of the things that I feel. It's kind of some of the things that I think. And I'm not bad. So then our former president couldn't be that bad. And maybe all of these people aren't that bad. You know what really bugs me? Because you're absolutely right. What bugs me, though, is that people think of things often enough, to your point, as good or bad, right or wrong, as opposed to a spectrum and being fluid, right? In other words, once upon a time, when I was six years old, five years old, I did some things that I didn't know were wrong. Uh, this was back when the Ninja Turtles first came out. Okay? And there was these Ninja Turtle coloring books that they had. Turtles was cracking. Listen. And there were so many Ninja Turtle coloring books And I was just thinking like, well, if there's this many Ninja Turtle coloring books, then they have to have some for me. Just makes perfect sense. Why would they have this many? So I took a Ninja Turtle coloring book. Just made sense. And it wasn't until I got a little older that I realized, yo, that was stealing. I didn't ask for that. That was jack move, son. 
yanked them. <laughs> and the wild thing about it is that in that moment, I wouldn't have known better. But looking back on it, I could see like, yeah, that was the wrong thing to do. And I don't look at myself as a bad person, you know. Now, older Ramses, a person who's a grown man that has kind of fleshed out the fullness of the world and the experience of experiences that life holds. Um, I got a little bit more to work with, but rarely do I look at things as bad or good or right or wrong. Instead, you know, as I mentioned, there's kind of a morality, what feels like the highest good in this moment based on everything that I know. Am I open to receiving um, alternative perspectives? Is my goal as a human being to put goodness into the world? Or is my goal to um, get as much as I can for my own benefit or the benefit of you know the people that are immediately around me? You know what I mean? How far do I want my goodness to radiate? These are these are really foundational um, ideas that I have to uh, dis discuss in my own internal monologue and arrive at conclusions in terms of who, who it is that I want to be. And some things it makes perfect sense. Look, I got to I got to do my thing first. And some things it's like, listen, I don't really stand to benefit from this thing as much as other people do. And if I can help, then I will help. Often, I mean, you know the story full well. In fact, behind you in the studio here, we have some of our um, some of the things that celebrate us, some of the, the publications that celebrated us for all the um, charity work we've done. We don't like talking about it because who talks about the charity work we've done, but at the same time, we kind of have to because we had a lot of volunteers and that was the name of the game. But I don't think either one of us had the intention of going out there to feed homeless people so we can be celebrated and beat them. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, let's quite ironically, though, <laughs> very loudly accused of that. Yeah, that's right. You're I right. Remember, I didn't want us to start a 501c3. I did not want us yeah. to start an organization. We need to be I wanted this to just be us doing something. Yeah, I remember. Right. And for us to do that with the amount of um, reach that we eventually did, we needed to take those steps. But I wanted to remove us from it because very early on, that was like accusation one. These, yeah. these dudes are doing this so that they can look good. Yeah. Right. Because we used social media to promote what we were doing, which more than quadrupled and quintupled or 10 times the amount of people that came out and were able to give back and have an impact. There were people who would jump on Facebook and Twitter, or yeah, whatever the popular social media platform was at the time and accuse us of doing exactly that. Yeah. These dudes are just doing that so that they can look good. And I used to always make the argument. So what? Even like, even if we are, yeah. it's still the same outcome, maybe a better outcome because we're, quote unquote making ourselves look good. So I just No, I I I know that. I, I know the frustration. I remember I went through it with you, of course. Um but yeah, I think that that is kind of one of the things that you know folks need to really understand about themselves before deciding what ultimately good and bad and right and wrong means to them because there are a lot of people who deserve 
equal treatment. And if you were to come to terms with the question, I believe it's Jane Elliott, Elliott is the one that asked this. Um, if you're a non-Black person, if you would feel comfortable being treated the way Black people are treated in this country, please stand up. She asked the question twice. She says, um, I don't think you heard me. If you, non-Black people, would wake up tomorrow and be happy to be treated by the criminal justice system, by the education system, by the, you know, on and on and on, banking system, healthcare system, you would be happy to be treated the way Black people are treated in this country. Please stand up. So I ask you, our listener, if this is kind of how you feel, or if you know people in your world where you can ask a question like that, it shows that they know that there's a different reality for us, um, all of us. And for you to decide, often enough from a place of privilege, a place of, of advantage, um, what is good and bad or right and wrong, it often is going to reflect your version of reality and very much keep um, you, yourself insulated from that. And I will make that live for you a bit because now secondary definition, very much a secondary definition, very much a secondary definition of wokeness is effectively disapproving. You'll see that also under the same definition. Um, so I'll read the definition beyond disapproving. Politically liberal, as in matters of racial and social justice, especially in a way that is considered unreasonable or extreme. So this is the newish, newest version of the definition, not the primary definition, but very much a secondary. I want to make that very clear if I haven't done so yet. Um, but it basically means argumentative, combative, people that cause you to feel uncomfortable by pointing out that, you know, in matters of racial and social justice, that, uh, you know, your, your version of reality needs to change. And often the pushback is that these people are unreasonable. And again, that's a very easy claim to make when your children aren't getting gunned down on video. It's a very easy claim to make when healthcare outcomes are more beneficial for you. A very easy claim to make when you're not losing wealth, rather the opposite of true. You're gaining wealth, your people, your, you know, um, and you know, that list goes on. You know, it's not just the criminal justice education, there's employment, there's, you know, um, there's historical documented governmental efforts, plural, in this country. You know, that's, it's very easy to say when you're not combating environmental racism, where your communities aren't being polluted needlessly. It's very easy to say that these people are being extreme and their wokeness is um, unreasonable. And so I say there's nothing wrong with being woke. It's way better than being asleep. You know, uh, the, the, you don't want to be one of the sleeple. I'm running with that word. <laughs> Go for it, bro. Um, and here's a great example of 
what people will pick apart. You know what I mean? So James Bond's books are kind of being rewritten to reflect modern sens sensitivities and people on the right hate this. They say James Bond is not supposed to be politically correct. He's James Bond, right? Um, so the books are being rewritten to account for the world we live in. Well, once upon a time, black people used to be called Negroes until it fell out of fashion due to cultural pressures and influences. And now it is looked unfavorably um, upon calling black people Negroes. You know, we decided that we would be called black or African-American. And this is where we are now. So to call someone a Negro, especially like in the government documents or on the news or anything like that in a public space is frowned upon. And it's because of this same type of momentum from people who would be considered woke. Things change, such is the way of all things.